Welcome to the I Hate Everyone podcast, the only podcast run by a 24-year-old black magician from Wisconsin. What a combination, currently living in New York, featured by the New York Times, AM New York, Fox, NBC, ABC, and Complex. Whoop! Now, I'm going to tell you guys a secret. Uh, Trump lost, Biden won. Uh, that's a spoiler. I wanted to make this really quick because I wanted to capture this moment in history before I either die, get very unhappy from something that's going to happen, or my the rest of my life is ruined from this revolt that creates a civil war and then leaves us open to nuclear attack. Uh, one of those few options. But um, something I wanted to explain is why I think Biden won. I wanted to offer you guys some perspective. Now, this isn't true perspective or the ultimate truth. I'm just going to offer what I think happened. And you guys can tell me if you uh, agree with me. Or I guess if you don't agree with me. So the interesting thing is that I talked with Devin Anderson, political activist, in April, I want to say April, before we could have seen the real scope of Corona, right? Before we really knew we were trapped. And I said that Trump Trump is definitely gonna, going to win. I said Trump is definitely going to win unless something drastic happens, like something drastic would have to happen. Lo and behold, Corona is here. We knew we did not know how bad it was going to be. And America isn't doing great. You could blame the, the president. Honestly, I wasn't smart enough to be like, this is Trump's fault. He should have been quicker with this, this and this. You know, I was thinking on a very a small scale. I was like, what, what can you do? You know, it's a virus. But it's like, no, you can do a fucking lot, nigga. You can do a lot. And like, I didn't realize that, you know, how much was his fault, how much he really knew about Corona, how like, even though it wasn't on my radar, it's not my job to monitor the world. You know what I mean? So we have this scenario where Trump has lost faith with a lot of Americans, but also we forget the fact that Trump never had had 50% of Americans approval in the first place, really. You know what I mean? Republicans really like him, so they think that everyone should kind of like him, but it's but this ain't that, right? So think about before the election. Actually, I want you to think to the future. What will the history books say about this time period? This is gonna be a very dark time period where 230,000 Americans died, right? In the history books, when we look back, it'll say that. The pictures will probably be in black and white. There'll be masks and protests. There'll be there'll be it'll be one of the darkest periods in American history. This moment that we're living in right now, even though it doesn't feel like it, it will be. So the interesting thing is, what will they say about this election? I think they'll say that Joe Biden won because this was a perfect storm. Because this, unless Joe Biden barely got 50% of the popular vote, and he got 50% while Trump fumbled America. Fumbled America. You know what I mean? Like, we're so fucking sick. We look like a laughing stock. Trump's literally like a clown. And it's like, whether or not you like him or think he's smart, like, you have to admit, the dude's a fucking clown, right? So it's like, Biden got 50% while Trump killed 230,000 people. That's what it took to get Trump out of office. So it's interesting, because I think they'll say that it was the perfect storm. Without Corona, I don't know if Biden would have won. Now, you might be like, it's not that big of a deal that... That Trump, Trump didn't really do anything that bad. It's not about that, right? Think beyond Trump. So if you think beyond Trump, you have New York City, you have Los Angeles, you have a fucking Georgia, like Atlanta, Georgia, where they have like a lot of people that move there for the movie industry because most movies are shot in Atlanta, Georgia. You have uh, Arizona, right? You have all these places that have a lot of people that go there like after college, 
that can be Arizona I might take back because Arizona was something from my college specifically everyone from Wisconsin goes to Arizona once and it's like it's so hot houses are cheap I want to move to Arizona but you know a lot of a lot of young liberals move to to cities especially warmer cities you know what I mean because because they hate where they're from and they want to be somewhere like a lot different and they also want to be warm simultaneously I moved to New York because it might not seem like it's warm but it's 50 degrees right now in Wisconsin it's like 20 degrees and snowing so People move out of cold places that are conservative, and they move to big cities. Corona strikes. Bam. Everyone loses their jobs, right? Everyone from fucking ages 18 to fucking 35 loses their jobs. Everyone fucking has to move home. No matter, like, there's celebrities moving home, Broadway performers moving home. There's engineers moving home. There's lawyers moving home. There's publicists moving home. There's magicians moving home. Everyone's, I didn't move home, but everyone's moving home. In New York, New York was empty. It was empty. It was a ghost town for a little bit, but it's because everyone was inside, but also because a lot of motherfuckers left. And that's also what you could argue spread corona. I would argue, even though I'm not a scientist and there's no factual basis for this, I think, like, for me at least, this, like, a theory that I would uh, suggest that a lot of people I I believe have already uh, come, come up with is the idea that these places that had huge outbreaks, like New York, had a bunch of people that were scared, and then they went home. So then those motherfuckers were scared and went home, and then they hopped on the plane and infected the airlines, right? It was airborne. You know, if enough motherfuckers go in New York, if one in 100 people go in New York and have uh, COVID, and COVID spreads with six feet, if you have an airport full of 1,000 people, you're 100% going to have somebody, like, in there with COVID, at least one person. And all that has to do is spread, like, you know, it's airborne, six feet. The person walks through and creates a six-foot-wide radius bubble through the airport of airborne particles that last for, like, what is it? Isn't it, like, days? You know what I mean? So it's like you get it on your shoes, and it's so easy to spread. So... These motherfuckers were in New York, places like that. You know, they moved here. They want to be in the big city. and But they're liberals. They're young liberals. They moved to the big city and then Corona strikes. And I don't know what I'm going to do. Ah, I want to go home. And then they go home. They infect the airlines. And where do they go? Where am I from? I'm a liberal in New York. When you're a liberal in New York, you typically don't move from, typically don't move from like another lib, super like big liberal city. It's not, it's not typically like that, I find. But like the people I know are usually from like smaller towns, you know, like, uh, Glory is from Iowa, like, uh, their roommate is from, I think, like, North Carolina or something like that, and I'm from Wisconsin, it's not a coincidence that all three of us are from, like, small towns, you know, so they go back to their small towns, and then they infect everyone, because they're going, they're hanging out, I'm safe here in Idaho, and then they, like, fucking go to bars, they get everyone infected, and now the whole country's infected, because these young liberals that were moved, like, not, I'm not saying it's all liberals' fault, because, like, as, as you guys know, I am a liberal, so I'm not, I don't, I'm trying to place the blame, there's, of course, there's a lot of conservatives that moved to big cities, but typically, I buy my conservative friends want to, want to stay home, and the, typically, the ones that stayed home were the ones that were partying, so, you know, there's kind of different roles that everyone plays, so these people go home, they see their friends, they party, they spread corona. Now it's everywhere across the United States. But because to, to get corona even, it's interesting that it affects black people at a higher rate because to get corona, really, you have to be traveling. You have to leave. A lot of motherfuckers can't leave. And typically, if you don't leave your house or your hood, it's because you're poor. You know what I mean? People who leave a lot have a lot of money. So it's interesting that it affects minority populations at a disproportionately high rate, but a lot of times because they can't afford the resources that white people can, a lot of times, the white communities can. However, simultaneously, it's very notable that like once these people like left, not that they're all white, because again, I moved to New York and I'm not white, 
But when the, uh, the people who are majority white went back to their white towns from New York, it left a lot of like neighborhoods without their gentrifiers that like, you know, like come in and they like go to these like urban neighborhoods and then they get like uh, a place for that's like a little bit cheaper and they fix it up and they try to fix up the neighborhood and gentrification is a thing. It doesn't mean it's wrong necessarily. It just means I'm just saying stating it's a thing. So a lot of these gentrifiers that were there left leaving these neighborhoods without people who are fucking traveling around all the time. So then Corona, eventually, once everyone gets it, you, like, they people die, and then they can't get it anymore, at least this version of Corona. So then these neighborhoods kind of, like, settled down. We got to, like, a stalemate in New York. We weren't really, like, my friends that left still haven't really come back. And, I, I, yeah, all my friends that left New York haven't come back from home, the ones that actually, actually left. So um, that's, like, kind of what we have. They're still there. And the infection, they, like, kind of infected the planes and everywhere else, and they left. People in the hood aren't really leaving too much. They're still, like, do I see, like, a shit ton of fucking pool parties and shit. Like, they're not necessarily being safer than other people. I'm not, like, implying that, but I'm implying that the people who, like, could go places and infect people aren't really doing that so much, I think, in my opinion. So... That's uh, that's kind of like how I think Corona spread, whether or not the, the, the history books will say that I'm not sure. And that's kind of like, you know, you might be like, why is everything a race thing? And, you know, that's that's a, it's a good question. You know, why is it a race thing? But like, if you think about it, who are your friends that were traveling? Who are your friends that were going home? You know, who are your friend and then where are they coming? Where are they going from big cities, cities that were notably like very uh, like big hubs for Corona? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like uh, that thing. So moving on, they're going to say it's a perfect storm. Why will they say that? Corona spread exponentially fast, right? Because of liberals. Now, what do we know about young liberals? We know that they moved to cities like uh, L.A. So that's California. California, super liberal, right? Or at least usually very blue. New York, super blue, right? They usually move places like that. And these places have millions and millions of people. Chicago. Chicago does not have that many people, but still, like, these, these, these big cities make up a big chunk of the United States. And these young people, these millennials make up a large chunk of these people that move and have like a, you know, like political power and political say. So what happens when these motherfuckers go home, right? They go home and a lot of them who would have registered to vote for the first time or registered to vote in New York for different reasons or like me, people who moved here and had to like register to be a citizen of New York, but I'm not because I couldn't do it because of Corona because I don't have, uh, they don't have like DMVs and shit open here. So it's like, they go home and they're at home and they get to vote in their cities. They went home. So they're instead of like absentee, I, I'm thinking like America is like thriving off absentee ballots and people sending ballots into their hometown. But now I'm realizing that these motherfuckers are just at home. And if you want an example, an example of this, even though this is slightly different, would be Sophia from Call Her Daddy, who had that podcast that like fell apart and a bunch of shit happened. And then she moved back home to Utah and she's a young liberal and probably voted in Utah. Right. So that's like kind of a vote. And that's one example of someone that we know that's like famous. That's like that went home to live with their parents during Corona. So it's like you have all these people who are living at home. So they're like, shit, I'll just vote here. I'm already home. Or at least they were recently home so they could vote or get a ballot there or something like that. You know what I mean? And the, most people have gone back home to visit their families, at least during Corona once, I'd like to think, if they're in a big city. I have not. <laughs> but I have most of my friends that I know have. So, yeah. So you have these liberals that spread Corona. They go home. 
partially their fault for spreading corona, whatever. But then they're there while they're home, they decide to vote in their town instead of the big cities. The big cities have such a surplus in liberals that it's okay for them to go back home and vote in their other town because it doesn't really matter that much. You know what I mean? In California or in New York, they have so many liberals if like half the liberal, maybe not half, but like if like 2 million liberals were dispersed across the country in various small towns, you know, it wouldn't really be that big of a deal. So this is what I believe happened. These people went home and they just basically, basically like, re-gerrymandered the map. And if you don't know what gerrymandering is, I'm going to ask you to listen and just take a second. I know you think you know what gerrymandering is. I have a lot of friends that think they know what it is, but they don't really understand the concept. And if you really do, just take a listen and tell me if you agree. But gerrymandering typically is two ways to do it. It's called cracking and packing, right? So the idea of gerrymandering essentially is that they draw crazy districts to include or exclude certain people. And my friend's like, one of my friends, I'll say friends, he's a, he's a friend. He's a conservative. He's like, yeah, they draw like districts where they think people should live. And I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah, that's how they do it. They draw it where people live, right? No. They do not do that. They should draw it according to where people live, but they draw it and who, based on who they want to include or exclude. So for instance... If there was the North and the South, we typically know the South is more conservative. Well, let's just say the North is typically less conservative. And let's say the United States has a vote, one North vote and one South vote. For the people who live typically North, people who live typically South, divided by a line horizontally. Now, if you know gerrymandering, I'm sorry, but some people don't know the concept. So just take a listen, right? So there's a North and a South. There's a North vote and a South vote. So if you have an issue like, uh, let's say back in the day, slavery, right? You have a North vote and a South vote. The North says, no slavery, fuck that. The South says, yes, slavery, we want slavery. Now it's a stalemate. It's a tie. You never get anything done. You never get anything passed. Do we have slavery? I don't know. North and South, they both voted. Um, they both voted. And we, 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 it's a tie. We don't know. So now imagine to change that, instead of a North versus South vote, that you can draw any line you want to split the United States essentially in half. You can't break the line, but let's say you can draw the line anywhere you want. So I would draw the line, let's say, in half. In half, in half, in half. Then I would dip down and make a U. I would scoop up Texas, go a little bit further, scoop up Georgia, and come back up. And then make that line go back. So it would look kind of like uh, the, that symbol, you know, like, the, is that, uh, I don't know what the symbol's called. It would look kind of like a U. It would look kind of like a U with two lines on the side, almost like a cursive U. And if I drew the United States like that, I could include Texas, their vote, and Georgia's vote up north. Who are, so Georgia and Texas both, I know they want slavery, and I get to draw the lines. So I'll fucking include Texas and Georgia's vote up fucking north with all the free states, but then the other South states are just gonna vote for slavery anyway. So I don't really lose that much. So now instead of my vote being equal, North versus South, who typically feels like what? General, generally, I'll say generally, who generally feels what? North is typically free, South is typically free. Now it's the North plus Texas and Florida. And that extra 2 million votes is enough because not everyone's going to vote anti-slavery up north but usually it's like you know 52 or 53 percent but if i can get that extra three percent of people who are going to vote against me 
or against the people who I want to uh, vote against. If I can get that extra two or three percent, then I win. And that's gerrymandering. And the way I described to you, that is called cracking. It's where you take uh, it's where you take a certain certain <laughs> it's where you take a group of people and you split them up to split their power. There's also packing where let's say if you have three districts in the United States, because we don't want ties anymore. Now there's three districts. So let's say there's equal black people in all the districts. So we have a pretty good say of what people want. So then what I'm going to do instead is draw a crazy line to put all the black people in one district. Even if, even if like, for instance, uh, let's, let's say black people lived all around the United States. I would, I would draw a line and circle Miami. And then I would come down and make a weird U. And then I would come down and circle Houston. And then I would go and circle Oakland. And then I will connect the line and be like, all right. So in the middle of the United States, it's this weird swirly thing. But that's, uh, that's, 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 that's where you guys get to vote. And we're just going to call that Wakanda, even though it's not, even though it's, it's, we're not racist. We're just calling that Wakanda. And then the other two places just happen to have no black people or very little black people. You know, and that, that, in that scenario, that's called packing. They're packing all the black vote into one place. So the other places are two pure white votes. And with two places that are pretty pure white votes, not like pretty pure, but like they're pretty, they're pretty like not absolutely pure, but they're mostly white people. That means that white people will always um, outnumber the black. And that is the idea of uh, packing. So it's a little bit weird of a concept, but yeah, cracking is splitting people up to dilute the vote. Packing is diluting the vote by putting everyone in one district or like in fewer districts than the majority, even though they might overextend. And if you want an example of this in your real life, think of your school and how there's always like that kid that's like, why do I even go here? I live on the other side of town. And then it's like he was probably in that or he or she were probably was probably in that situation because, uh, for instance, my school, I was supposed to go. I live closer to my predominantly white school. But the way they drew the districts, I ended up going to the black school. Not that like the black school is worse. I fucking loved my high school, but I ended up going to the black school. I never knew why. Like all my friends were like, okay, I'll see you next year. And then I ended up going to like this other school. And I was like, why am I going here when I could just take this bus and be in that, that school that's only seven minutes away? I was always thinking that. But the funny thing is I live in a black neighborhood. So I just happened to let's say I was either like packed or cracked into a place where uh, I was coincidentally supposed to be going because it was close enough the first time. When I was in school, like elementary school, they were like, I just happened to fit in the district that I was in. You know what I mean? But then uh, in middle school, same thing. But then this is kind of a hard concept to explain because it's all like a imaginary map. But then when I got to high school, they were like, uh, for the high school, we don't want this black neighborhood going to the white school. So we'll just kind of extend this line over here. So I was going like double the time to get to my school when in reality, like I should have been going to the other school. So uh, that's an example of uh, essentially like kind of in your own life gerrymandering because you know that kid that wasn't supposed to be there or sometimes there's like a few black kids that like went to went to your school that kind of because of some like weird scenario or there's like you know that all white school all all black school that had like a few white people and it's like don't you live i'm like yeah but like it's yeah you know what i mean usually a lot of times then they'll build a fancy private school that's in the middle of town that'll get all the, <laughs> the white kids so you know what i mean so they never yeah anyway moving on this was a really weird tangent I don't even know how we got in this tangent. So, gerrymandering. <laughs> oh, I remember. So, if we have cracking and packing, 
I think they're going to call this new thing fracking. I don't know if this is a new thing or I don't know if it's already a political ideology, but the idea that people can retain their status by never really becoming a citizen of a place or maybe not super long so that they can keep their voting rights and then go home to vote in person. Now, I know this sounds like super like simple, like, oh, yeah, like like an expat or someone who would move to like China or something so they can still vote in the U.S., I guess. Something like that. I don't know if that's like what people do, but it's the idea that I moved to New York and I could have become a New York citizen earlier, but I wanted to wait for this election so that way I could register in Wisconsin and then go back to Wisconsin. But I sent a ballot in, but this idea that almost like like these districts have been fucked up. So we are, even though we, we have the responsibility and this duty as liberals to represent, hey, like I want my town to be more progressive. So I'm going to vote in my, my old hometown. You know what I mean? This like, it's like a re... A re I don't know if I said gentrification last time on accident, um, but it's like a, a re-drawing um, of the districts almost, metaphysically. It's, it's, very, it's very interesting, gerrymandering. Sometimes I say gentrification instead of gerrymandering, so if I did say that on the podcast, I apologize. But this is very, it's a very interesting way, I think, that this we always used to think, you know, Texas will be Texas, Wisconsin will be Wisconsin, but Wisconsin is not Wisconsin. You know, and this is very interesting and something that I think we'll be using soon in the future, too. I think you'll see it with AOC, maybe. Uh, I think that's what the history books will say. This is the perspective. So enjoy your Saturday. Um, this was a little bit of a high podcast, as you guys know, but I had fun. And this is a little bit of a theory, but uh, I hope you guys uh, li- like liked it. And uh, <laughs> hope you have a wonderful, awful day. Stay tuned. I think I have two more episodes specifically next week that we're doing about i've i've i want to make one tune in find out talk to you guys later